Hi, podcast listeners. Jasmine Belcher-Morris here. I'm a StoryCorps producer, so I'm a sucker for a good interview, obviously. And I have to say that Terry Gross is the best. She really knows how to bring out these honest moments from people who you think you already know. Trust me, check out the Fresh Air podcast. Get it at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. This is the StoryCorps Podcast. I'm Michael Garofalo. Today, we're going to listen to two stories. Both of them are about hostage situations, but they have very different endings. The first one takes place in 1971. On October 4th of that year, this guy named George Giff, who was suffering from mental illness, hijacked a charter plane at gunpoint, claiming to have a bomb. The pilot convinced him to land for fuel in Jacksonville, Florida. That's where the FBI intervened, and Giff killed everyone on board, including himself. The pilot of that plane was Brent Downs. He was also one of the victims. His son, Andy, came to StoryCorps with Angelia Shear. She's the daughter of the hijacker who killed his father. When they landed, they sat there for a few minutes over the radio came, this is the FBI. The FBI speaking. There'll be no fuel. Your only choice is to deplane. There will be no fuel, I repeat. There will be no fuel. My father said, you're endangering lives by doing this. You're endangering lives by doing this. Please get the fuel out here. And then the FBI made the decision to start shooting at the aircraft to try to shoot out the engines and the tires. The hijacker freaked out and killed everybody on board, including himself. I was 18 months old, and my mother told me that Dad had gone to fly for God. So whenever I saw an airplane fly over, I remember pointing up, saying, there goes Daddy. I remember that very vividly. When this went down, I was 13, I was in junior high, and my father, he was very delusional. People were afraid of him, and they should have been afraid of him. One time, a salesman came to the door. Remember back then, you know, vacuum salesman would come. And he actually grabbed him by the throat and threw him out of the house. It took a long time for me to really understand this was a mentally ill man. And, you know, in his mind, was forced to do what he did. You have more heart for my father than I do. What were you thinking when I first contacted you? In a lot of ways, I had a lot of guilt because my bloodline destroyed your father. And when I was 20 years old, I actually sought out a trauma therapist. And I told him, I said, if you think I should be sterilized, I will go tomorrow because I will not pass this madness down to one other single person. And just meeting you, it helped my heart and soul understand that there was still love and compassion in the world, even when there's so much darkness. That's Angelia Shear with Andy Downs in Nashville, Tennessee.
Joining us now is Judd Esty Kendall. The producer of this piece is going to tell us a bit more about this story and the people involved. Hi, Judd. Hi, Michael. So who was this guy, George Giff, and how did he come to hijack this plane? George Giff was kind of a failed businessman. He'd done a bunch of get-rich-quick schemes and seemed like nothing was really going well for him at this point in his life. His second wife had left him, and they were estranged at the time. So the day of the hijacking, he showed up and kidnapped her and forced her to the airport. When they got there, she was screaming and making a scene. And when the pilot came out to meet them, Giff said that he was a doctor and that he had to get her to a psychiatric appointment. And when the pilot asked for his credentials, Giff pulled a gun. And that pilot was Andy Downs' father. Yeah, that was Andy Downs' father, Brent Downs. Where was Giff trying to go? Giff wanted to go to the Bahamas, and Brent Downs knew that they didn't have enough fuel. So he told Giff that they had to land in Jacksonville, Florida. But then they land, and as we heard in the piece, the FBI refused to give them the fuel. And this is actually a pretty significant event in law enforcement history, right? Yeah, definitely. The way the FBI handled this was kind of a how not to deal with hijackers. And Andy Downs' mother actually sued the FBI for negligence and wrongful death. She was the first person to ever successfully sue the FBI and win. Really? The first ever? Yes. The second thing that came out of this is that it's still studied to this day by law enforcement in how to deal with hostage situations, especially in situations like GIF where he had a mental illness. We've mentioned that a couple times, and it's mentioned in the piece. Do you know what exactly was George Giff's illness? He had a antisocial personality disorder, so he could be super charming one moment, and then the next he would punch a hole in the wall, as Angelia said in the full interview. Did she talk any more about what it was like growing up with somebody like that as a father? Yeah, she talked about growing up with a lot of fear. He was really paranoid. He'd say that people were following them and that he was a secret member of the CIA. She said one October, her father took her out to a lake and decided he wanted to toughen her up. So he made her swim out to the middle of the lake and tread water for two hours while he timed her. It sounds incredibly traumatic, and you can still hear it in her voice. And one thing I'm wondering after I hear this piece, she talks about when she was younger, almost asking to be sterilized. What happened with that? Angelia actually has two children that are adults now. In the interview, she talked about watching them grow up and being glad that she made the decision that she did. So if you want to learn more about this, we have some photos and some additional information on our website, storycorps.org. And then Andy Downs has this project that people can check out as well. Yeah, Andy's worked on a documentary project about that day and the aftermath called 5-8 November, which is the call sign of the airplane that his father was flying that day. Well, thanks so much, Judd, for coming on and sharing some more information about this story. Thanks, Michael. So there was another mass shooting in America last week, this time in Oregon. Sure, I'm not the first voice on the radio or a podcast you've heard mention it. And maybe you saw in the Washington Post a piece by Christopher Ingram. 
He's a data guy, and he cites a project called the Mass Shooting Tracker. They define a mass shooting as an incident where four or more people are shot. And they've recorded 294 mass shootings over the first 274 days of this year. That's more shootings than days. It's staggering. So for the second story in this podcast, we're going to hear about a young man who went to school with a gun. But this story doesn't end the way so many do. You know, in most cases, the young man with the gun ends up killing himself or is killed by the police. Well, in this case, the young man survived. His name is Sean Fitzpatrick, and he was a high school junior in Spokane, Washington, back in 2003. Sean had developed paranoid schizophrenia, and he was hearing voices. But he didn't tell anyone. He kept it a secret. And one morning, Sean went to school with a gun and a plan. He was going to barricade himself inside a classroom, pretend that he had hostages, and force the police to kill him. Sean's plan didn't work. But at the end of the standoff, he was shot in the face, and he still has difficulty speaking. You'll hear that in this interview. Sean came to Story Court with John Gately, who's a Spokane police officer, and he was the one assigned to negotiate with Sean during the standoff. I remember getting to the school, someone telling me your name was Sean and calling your name Sean. I remember seeing you and thinking, don't trust anything he says. I believe you asked me at one point, why do you have the gun here? Every time you played with that gun, holding the gun upside down, twirling the gun, it made me very nervous. Yeah. And then a little bit later, you threw a paper airplane out at us. And for me, when you did that, it brought back that I was actually talking to a 16-year-old kid. So what can I do to try to bring you back from the edge? And I remember that I told you, listen, I'll send everybody else away, and you and I can just sit here and bullshit. That really resonated with me. It was so real. When you and I were talking, you heard the officers changing positions, and the intensity went up, telling you, we're just going to sit here and talk. Everything is perfectly fine. And you pulled the gun out and pointed it, and that's when the officers fired. Three bullets hit me, once in the arm, once in the stomach, and once in the face. I jumped over to get to you, to tell you, don't give up. You can survive what has happened. And I was doing that as the officer was reaching down, pulling your teeth and clearing your airway, and then two of the other officers pulled me out of there. When I was being wheeled to the hospital, what was your feeling about the whole situation? Anger. Anger that I wasn't able to pull you back from the ledge, because that is my job, to make sure everybody goes home safe. I'm sorry that I fell on your shoulders. Well, thank you for that. I didn't take it personal as you doing it to me. How are you doing sitting here talking to me about it? I guess it will always be a little bit hard for me. I don't think that will ever change. But it's getting better. It is. I'm glad you're alive, and that's why I reached out to you, to see where you're at. Who I was back then and who I am now are two different people entirely.
That's police officer John Gately with Sean Fitzpatrick in Spokane, Washington. Today, Sean works as an educator. He actually talks to law enforcement about how to handle encounters with people like him who are in the midst of a mental health crisis. That's it for this episode of the StoryCorps podcast. Remember, the great Thanksgiving listen is coming up, so if you haven't yet, head over to StoryCorps.org where you can learn more about it, including how you can take part using our new smartphone recording app. For the StoryCorps podcast, I'm Michael Garofalo. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hi, Jasmine again, reminding you to check out the Fresh Air podcast at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app.